Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Good afternoon, this is Gertrude Keesley, Kingdom Consciousness. What does it mean to be kingdom-minded? As we journey with God, in this life, many believers grapple with the question of being kingdom-minded. Do we really understand what it means? I believe it's much bigger than my small-minded self, yet it's a great adventure to discover this truth. Christ himself said that we should first seek the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 directs us to seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, we have to be kingdom-minded. Christ didn't say to seek salvation or healing or freedom, nor riches or anointing or a calling. All of these are important. But he, his command was that we should seek something different, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It seems that once we obtain this, the other things will fall into place. And he says to seek it. You can only seek something if you know it's lost. When you realize that it's lost, you will only look for it if it has value. The size of the value will determine the passion with which you seek the lost object. Now, let us be honest. When we glance at the general condition of Christians, we don't find many people seeking this specific object. Christians are busy seeking many other things. That may be happiness or purpose or riches, power, acceptance, public standing, and so on. But in this, is this in line with Christ's command is? He goes on to say, seek it first now. If the Lord of all creation tells you to do something first, that should become our life priority. First things first is an English saying, which is true in this very matter. How many Christians are seeking the kingdom first? How many Christians are kingdom minded? Let's return then to the question, what is the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Maybe if we understand this and realize we have lost it, it could become a life priority again. First, let me say this. The kingdom is not the church. One thing that I've discovered is that it's not the church, at least the way we see the church. That's what I mean. Most people understand the term church as the building or place of worship. They see it as a place um, to gather, usually on a Sunday, to hear a sermon, to have a fellowship, baptize, to grow spiritually, give a tithe, an offering, and that sort of thing. Once again, these are important activities to understand, but it's not the kingdom. <coughs> Excuse me. 
The word translated church comes from the Latin German background, which means temple, shrine, or circular enclosure. Therefore, much of our understanding of the word church is correct. But does it relate to the Greek word Jesus used in Matthew 16, 18? He used the word ecclesia, and you may have heard me say that before. It means a gathering of citizens from their homes to a public place, an assembly of people for the purpose of deliberating, called out ones, the sense of governance or assembly of Israelites. So attending church does not mean that we are kingdom-minded, not at all. This word seems to be more in line with the Hebrew word mamlaka. It means kingdom or nation rather than just a synagogue or place of gathering. So what I found is that all of his creation and its restoration interest God. All of it. I found that, it, that all of his creation and its restoration are um, the interest God. His interest is not just to save me and get me to heaven, which is important. But I can, let me just try to best describe this through some key principle that I discovered in my research. As I've told you that I do research and I put together documents to share with information to share with you. A king owns a territory or a country called a kingdom. He influences the kingdom through his will, power, culture, and laws. God called me to become a citizen of the nation of heaven called the kingdom of God. The process is to accept the Lord Jesus as my savior. He obtained grace from the Father and extended that grace to me as a sinner through mercy. In church, the preacher and teachers teach us to be born again and ready to go to heaven. Another thing, God planted the earth as a colony from heaven. The, con the concept of a colony means that it is supposedly a replica of the original. So God placed man on earth as ambassadors or managers of his extended territory. The purpose is to influence this territory with the will, the power, the culture, and laws of the original kingdom or nation. Another thing is when Adam sinned, it was a declaration of independence of the colony from the mother nation or kingdom. Clear, hear me. Therefore, the process of restoration is not simply to save people and get them back to heaven. It's to restore citizenship to people in rebellion against the king. Restoration to citizenship is to bring the colony back into line with the original purpose of the king's will, power, culture, and laws. In a kingdom, the king is Lord and therefore owns everything. This concept is very different from the capitalistic worldview where we live 
where everyone is trying to gather as much as possible for themselves. If the king owns everything, you as a citizen gain the right through relationship to have access to the property. And when you state that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you declare that he owns your life. Next thing is in the kingdom, the king is directly responsible for the well-being of the citizens as well as the country and the economy because this reflects his rulership. He's responsible directly because he owns everything. As a citizen, you live by the principle of access. Free citizens have access to the kingdom's economy, to participate in it, to have access to the healthcare system of the king. You have access to the, his resources, access to the education and teaching of the king's education system and tutor, the Holy Spirit. The intention is to use it for the purposes designed by the king for his nation. In a kingdom, the word of the king is law. This is a challenge for the modern day Christian because so many people live to, in democracies. People have learned that they can vote for their own beliefs as laws. In the kingdom, the laws of the king are not open for discussion, no. But because God is love, according to John, 1 John 3, our king has made laws that are good for the citizens to grow a healthy nation. Amen. A kingdom also functions on the principle of commonwealth. This means that the king and the citizens that are in favor share the wealth commonly among one another for the common good of the people. There's no selfishness but they see wealth as a tool to serve the wider community and citizenry. A kingdom is a holistic nation. It's not just a single place of worship. The king has an interest in every aspect of society. Here is a big difference with the common understanding of the church. In the kingdom, the citizens take leadership and manage responsibility in every sphere of society. The purpose is to realize the king's will, power, culture, and laws. We can't leave it to a few individuals with gifts in a certain area for one day of the week. So these principles show how far the church, as we know it, falls short of living these principles. We need to start living with this big picture in mind, and focusing on being kingdom-minded in our lives. Jesus' first message after his baptism in Matthew 4, 17 was to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached this message, the kingdom. Another concept to understand is that God always owns land. Psalm 25, 1 states that the whole world is the Lord. <clears throat> the Lord's. And in John 3.16, he states that God so loved the world that he gave his son. The word cosmos is different from terra. 
It speaks to all the systems and structures on the earth, including the people. So one can derive that God loves education, economy, agriculture, church and family, government, healthcare, and so on. In my passion for Christ-centered education, I believe that we need to rethink what it means to be kingdom-minded. We need to rethink how to set our minds and thinking capacities on kingdom principles, implement them, and live by them. God bless you and have a great day.